Hey, it's Todd coming to you from the Verona Sports and Spiritual Library here in my apartment in Verona, Wisconsin. Holy cow! What a hot day! Ninety, I think it was. I think it was uh, about ninety-two or ninety-three degrees out there. Um. So what do I do? Come in here. I turn the air conditioning on. Sit my big butt down. Actually, I have. I'm going to big foot down and read the Bible. So this, this is pretty interesting because this is the Life Recovery Bible. And uh, it doesn't mean, it mixes scripture with the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, and I find this to be rather, uh, I found it, when I first started reading it, I really was, my recovery wasn't going really well. So I stopped reading it because it just didn't jive with me. I just didn't have the, uh, what do I mean by jive with me? I didn't have the uh, inspiration to, to read this. So I, I, uh, I lost some, uh, lost some great, a great feeling of, uh, great feeling of uh, gratitude for this book. Obviously, because I stopped reading it. Okay, that's you know, let's hear there, say what you want to say, but you know what what's what's going on right now is I'm reading it. You know, I was reading it because I was talking to my sponsor about it. I'm actually reading it because I like reading it and everything, but it's just I just it's hard for me to sit down and read it by myself. So we got the uh, this is the NLT version. New Living Translation. Well, good news is, this book's getting rather tattered, so I've been into it lately. Um, you know, one of the things I noticed, too, is that uh, going along and reading through this is how, you know, that the Assyrian, uh, the Assyrian king was... Uh, trying to give messages to Hezekiah that uh, yeah this uh, I'm sorry it's not the uh, it's it's not the it's not the Assyrian king it's the Ethiopia king and uh he sends a message for uh, King Hezekiah that's just full of. It doesn't have that. He's telling him that you know don't trust the Lord because he's not telling the truth. Well, you know, I find that uh, I find that to be relative. I find that so real in, in our society today. What's going on is we have a we have a world of deception out there. This guy's right, that guy's right, this guy's got this opinion, that guy's got that opinion. Well, if you really want to have a great life, do this, do this, and do that. Well, come on. So who do we trust? Hmm. Let's trust our Creator, God, the Lord. Read the Bible. Read. Go to meetings and all this stuff. Go to church. Learn. Bible, uh, you know, and, and learn. Because we have to become... 
we have to become very uh, very excited about this. I'm, you know, I'm not talking about excited, but I'm talking about not jumping up and down and having, I'm talking about wanting to get into this stuff and wanting to learn this stuff, the inspiration to get going and to uh, and take a new step. Because you know what? Friday, I'm sorry, Saturday, I turned double nickel, 55 years old. And this is the first time I really got into the Bible. You know, and I'm a Catholic and a rose raised Catholic and all that stuff. And, you know, reality was that was just deception, too. And my, and my honest, trying to throw a missile at us and stuff like that with all this repeating stuff to, to the priest. I, it didn't jive. It didn't jive with me at all. And, uh, you know, I pretty much just did it out of spite because my parents did it and so on and so forth. It wasn't like I wanted to do it or anything. So, I would have much rather been doing the evil things back then. <laughs> but, that was the young man in me, I guess. Isaiah predicts Judah's deliverance. Alright. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I have heard your prayer about King Senech I'm sorry, King Sennacherib of Assyria. And the Lord has spoken this word against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem strikes her head in derision as you flee. Whom have, you, whom have been defying and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? All whom did your look with such haughty, haughty eyes? It was the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have defied the Lord. You have said, with my many, with my many chariots, I have con, I've conjured the highest mountains. I'm sorry, I've con conquered the highest mountains. Yes, the remotest peaks of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest. I'm sorry, I've cut down its tallest cedars and its finest cypress trees. I have reached its farthest corners and explained I'm sorry, and explored its farthest corners I'm sorry, whoa, 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 whoa. I have reached its farthest corners and explored its deepest forests I have dug wells in many foreign lands and refreshed myself with their water with the sole of my foot I stopped I stopped up all the rivers of Egypt. What have you not heard? I decided that long ago, long ago, I planted it and now I am making it happen. I plan for you to crush fortified cities into heaps of rubble. That is why their people have so little power and are so frightened and confused. 
They are so weak. They are as weak as grass. So since they are as weak as grass, as easily trampled as tender green shoots, they are like grass sprouting on a housetop, scorched before it can even grow fresh and tall. But I know you well, where you stay and when you come and go. I know the way you have raged against me. And because of your raging against me and your arrogance, which I have heard for myself, I will put my hook in your nose and my, and my bit in your mouth. I will make you return by the same road on which you have came. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Here's the proof that what I say is true. This year you will eat only what grows up by itself. And next year you will eat what springs up from that. But in the third year you will plant crops and harvest them. You will tend vineyards and eat, them, eat their fruit. Why and you who are left in Judah, who have escaped the ravages of the siege, will not put roots down in that your own soil, and will grow up and flourish. For remnant of my people will spread out from Jerusalem. A group of survivors from Mount Zion, the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's heaven's armies will make that happen and this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria his armies will not enter Jerusalem they will not even shoot an arrow at it they will not match outside they will not march outside its gates with their shields nor nor build inside banks of earth against its walls the king will return to his own country by the same road on which he came. He will not enter this city, says the Lord, for my own honor and for the sake of my, my servant David. I will, I will defend this city and protect it. That night the angel of the Lord went out to a Syrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Ninveh, Ninveh, I'm sorry, Ninbah, something like that. I think it's a I'm sorry, Ninbah. And stayed there. One day while he was worshiping in the temple of the god Nisroch, his sons, 
Adram, Adra, Adram and Nick, Adramalek, and Sharzis. I'm sorry. Sharzet, Sharzet, killed him with their with their swords. They then escaped by the land of Ararat, Ararat, and another son, Eshar, had Esarhaddon became the next king of Assyria. Well, let's see here. That was a. Uh, That was something to uh, take home to my brain, that's for sure. You know, but the Lord, the Lord will step in if we ask Him to. He'll save us. He saves me from many things every day. Many things I don't even know about. He delivers me from evil. In all the past experiences I've had in my life, I've been in some very evil places. And uh, let's just say that I was able to escape, hid their grasp. So, I'm very grateful today for that. But, uh, you know, I'm going down to the, uh, to the bottom of this page from chapter uh, chapter 19 scriptures 35 through 37 all of the American generals I'm sorry all of the Assyrian generals boasting about the army's strength could not keep it from being destroyed by God those needing recovery are often terrified in the face of brutal human human power, especially if they have been previously abused. Some of us feel powerless against the pers against the personal I'm sorry, against the persistent enemies that lie within. But such oppressive or problems not but such oppressors or problems, no matter how great, stand no chance at all against God's power. He will he will ultimately destroy them. Awesome. It's a, so anyway, too, as it goes on to chapter 20 here. It's a kind of sickness and recovery. Well, this time Hezekiah became, became deathly ill. And the prophet Isaiah, son of Amar, 
went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Yet before Isaiah had left the model court, courtyard, this message came to turn to him from the, from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my leader of my people. Tell him this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I have heard from prayer, and see and see your tears. I will heal you in three days from now. You'll get out of bed and go to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life. And I will rescue you in this city from the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my own honor and for the sake of my own servant David. Then Isaiah said, Make an ointment from figs. So Hezekiah's servant spread the ointment over the bro over the boil, and Hezekiah recovered. Meanwhile, Hezekiah had said to Isaiah, "What sign will the Lord give to prove that He will heal me, and then I will go to the temple of the Lord three days from now?" Isaiah replied, "This is the sign from the Lord to prove." That he will do as he promised. Would you like to sh- would you like the shadow on the sundial to go forward ten steps or backward ten steps? The shadow always moves forward, as the Kyrie replied. So that would be e- that would be easy. Make it go ten steps backward instead. So Isaiah. The prophet asked the Lord to do that. And he caused the shadow to move ten steps backward on the sundial of Abbas. Hey guys, just want to let you know too that, you know, miracles happen in recovery. Miracles happen in life. Just because the stuff goes on in the Bible, it doesn't mean it won't. It will not go on in your life. So we have to keep keep the faith and keep remembering that God's in our corner and He can He can do anything to protect us from any sin. He can, he can take care of us. He has He has the uh, the power over over the evil spirits. You know, we like to say the devil, but reality is it's the demonic spirits. So Lord just the Lord's over all that. So we just have to realize that, you know, with prayer, okay, I like the saying that says, 
pray and raise, complain and remain. And I, I try to keep a little simple things like that in my mind. Um, Hezekiah pleaded with, okay, so this is from chapter 20, scriptures 1 through 11. Hezekiah pleaded with God to, to spare his life. Reminding God of the previous consistent faith and commitment to God. So Hezekiah was granted another 15 years of life. God also performed a great miracle as proof of the promise to the, of life to Hezekiah, who seems to have been greatly troubled by the doubt and the possibility of every depression of, his, of this point. Although God may not make the sun go backward for us, we should never doubt that he will rescue us. We shall never, okay, although, okay, we shall never doubt that he will rescue us. If we honestly cry out to him. Without a doubt, he will honestly rescue us if we cry out to him. Holy smokes, that's powerful. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for that, too. You know, that's what it gets down to when I get in jams. You know, we all get in jams. We have to pray. You know, a funny thing happened this morning, and, you know, I'm kind of going against my word. I like just reading the Bible, but I just want to say that Really, you know, for like two years now, I've had problems with, uh, you know, I lost a lot. I had COVID like everybody else. And I lost all the strength of my body pretty much. I had to be in a wheelchair. And I had to be uh, wheeled around from doctor appointments and stuff like that by, uh, by my friend Shemaya. And what happened was, I started to get stronger. I started doing those goofy little exercises they told me to do. I started to get stronger. And uh, I kept the exercises up and I'm still getting stronger. You know, and today, you know, there's a part on my back of my apartment complex that they just have these uh, stairs going up where I have to, you know, and I don't have a railing to, to lean on and pull myself up. Because that's what I usually do. You know, it's like, it's only like four stairs. But it was like, I stopped like dead in my tracks. And I just hesitated. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And I looked around, like, I'm going to go around. And I'm like, no, let me try this. God, please be my railings to steer me, to get me up these steps. And help me not fall. And I, I was able to get up the stuff just fine. But talk about, I have to remember that stuff because, you know, if it wasn't for my meetings, if it wasn't for all this stuff, I would have never prayed. And that was so beautiful. It was just something in my mind that triggered me. And um, you know what? I'm starting to learn that, finally. At 55, that if I just let things go into God's hands, he will take care of me. 
I've always been a doubting Thomas, but I'm starting to get better at this stuff. So it'll be uh, 21 through 11. Hezekiah pleaded with God to get, go to spare his life, reminding God of his previous commitment, faith and commitment to God. So Hezekiah was granted 15 years of life. God also performed a great miracle as proof of, of his promise of life to Hezekiah, who seems to have been greatly troubled by doubts and possibly even depression at this point. That describes me. Really, it really does with all my inner power. Although God may not have, may not make the sun go backwards for us, I just love this. We should have doubt. We should never, we should never doubt that he will rescue us if we honestly cry out to him. I'm so grateful for that. That's so that I can do this. I can do this, you guys. And I hope there's some people listening to this. Hezekiah's sickness and God, please, please have people listening to this, please. There's so much in here that that we can all use. So. Alright, so we go on to chapter, uh, chapter 20, but this is going to be, uh, scripture, scripture 12 through, uh, 21. Soon after, it's called, and boys from Babylon, soon after this, Merodach, Baladian, son of Baladon, king of Babylon, sent Hezekiah his, his next wishes. Best wishes, I'm sorry, and a gift. For he had heard that Hezekiah had been very sick. Hezekiah received uh, the Babylonian envoys and showed them everything in his treasure houses, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the aroma, and the aromatic oils. He also took them to see the armory and Show them everything on his royal treasury. Royal treasuries, yeah. There was nothing in his palace or kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and asked him, What did those men want? 
Where were they from? Hezekiah replied, They came from the distant land of Babylon. What did they see in your palace? Isaiah asked. They saw everything, Hezekiah replied. I show them everything I own and all my royal treasuries. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Listen to this message from the Lord. The time is coming when everything in your palace, all the treasures stored up by your ancestors until now, will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your very own sons will be taken away into exile. They will become they will become Anuks Unuks who will serve in the palace of Babylon's king. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, This message you have given me from the Lord is good. For the king was thinking, at least there was there will be peace and security during my during my lifetime. The rest of the events in Hezekiah's reign, including the extent of his power and how he built a pool and dug a tunnel to bring water into the city and recorded the in the book of history of kings of Judah. Hezekiah died and his own son, Manasseh, became the next king. Alright, chapter 21, 1 through 7, scripture 1 through 17. Oh, I'm sorry. Chapter 20, scripture 12 through 21. Hezekiah made a major mistake that seriously set back his recovery. When the delegation from the rising nation of Babylon came to Jerusalem, Hezekiah put on the most impressive show possible. Not only that, he took the credit for all his wealth instead of giving the glory to God. The unconsidered consequences of this of his prideful actions came to its painful fruition in the Babylon exile. When we became pride, prideful about our accomplishments, so we have, we have forgotten the true source of our success, God. We must remain humble if we want God to help us. You can't work in a life that isn't surrendered to him. I was just talking about being in a wheelchair and, uh, You know, it really paid off for me to have a close relationship with God because, you know, he'll, he'll, he's got me walking. He's got me walking again. You know, I am going to use a, I'm use a walker in short distances because of my back and stuff like that because of all the pain that I'm in. And I'm so grateful to God that I'm not in a wheelchair, not being 
carted around different places, you know. Unfortunately, my brother doesn't have that, uh, doesn't have that benefit, you know. He's, I don't know about his life, but it's pretty sad that he's in a wheelchair and he, he's having problems getting around all together and his, uh, and his, uh, assistant living place. So if you could, say a prayer for him. And, uh, and Scott's a good guy, but he just doesn't, he doesn't really understand prayer and stuff like that. He's got four brain tumors, and, you know, it's just, on and on I could go. And it just troubles him. It troubles me. Because I really, I can't help him. There's nothing I can do for him. Except love him. That's all I can do. All right, chapter 21. Diet Pepsi. Isaiah was twelve was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for for fifty five years. His mother was Hephzibah. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following the deplorable, I'm sorry, following the detestable practices of the pagan land ahead of, I'm sorry, of the pagan nations that the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israel, Israelites. He rebuilt the pagan shrines his father, Hezekiah, had destroyed. He constructed altars for Baal in Israel. I'm sorry, for Baal and set up Asherah, the Asherah poles. Just as King Ahab of Israel had done. He also showed before all the powers of heaven and worshipped them. He built pagan altars in the uh, temple of the Lord, the place where the Lord had had said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. He built them altars for all the powers of the heavens in both courtyards of the Lord's temple. Manasseh also sacrificed his own son in the, in the fire. He practiced sorcery and divination. I'm sorry, Manasseh also sacrificed his own son in the fire. He practiced sorcery and deep. 
deep divination and he can he can assault it with the mediums and the psychics. He did much that was evil in the Lord's sight, arousing his anger. And as I even made a carved image of Esherah and set it up in the temple, the, the very place where the Lord had told David and his own son Solomon. My name will be honored forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen from among all the all the urbans, all the urban of Israel. I'm sorry, all the tribes of Israel. If the Israelites will be careful to obey my my community, all the laws my servant Moses gave them, I will send them into exile from this land that I gave their ancestors. But the people refused to listen, and Manasseh, Manasseh led them to do even more evil than the pagan Nations that the Lord had re, that the Lord had destroyed when the people of Israel entered the land. Then the Lord said through his servants the prophets, King Manasseh of Judah has done many detestable things. He is even more wicked than the Amorites who lives in this land before Israel. He has caused the people of Judah to go with, to, to sin with his idols. So this is, so this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I will bring disaster on Jerusalem and Judah that have, that have ears of those who have heard about it will Tingle with, tingle with horror. I will judge Jerusalem by the name standard I used by the same standard I used for Samaria, and the name, and the same measure I used for the family of Ahab. Ahab, Ahab. There we go. Oh, wipe away the people of Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, and turns it upside down. Then I will reject even this, the remnant of my own people who are left. And I will hand them over to the plunder for their, for their enemies. For they have done great evil in my sight. Have agitated the, have agitated even me. Oh, whoa, 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 I'm sorry. For they have done evil, done great evil in my sight, and have angered me ever since then. 
ever since their ancestors came out of Egypt. Manasseh, who, Manasseh also murdered many innocent people until Jerusalem was filled from one end to the other with innocent blood. This was in addition to the sight to I'm sorry, this was in addition to the sin that he caused my people of that he caused the people of Judah to commit, leading them to do evil in the Lord's sight. The rest of the events in the Manasseh's reign and everything he did included the sins he he committed. We recorded in the book of history of the kings of Judah. Where Manasseh died, he was buried in the palace garden, this garden of Uzzah. Then his son, Ammon, Ammon became the next king. Yeah. Wow. Some sometimes we see in life that people just don't get it. No matter how many times they put they have stuff put in front of them. They just don't understand what the Lord's trying to get through to them. And how he's trying to uh and how he's trying to communicate his message. So let me read on the bottom here. It's twenty one Yeah, so chapter 21, um, 1 through 7, scripture 1 through 17. Manasseh reversed all the positive steps Hezekiah instituted by Judah's national recovery. Exile Judah would follow the northern kingdom of Israel. Whoops, let me go back on this. I skipped the line again. I had a little bit of a problem tonight. Manasseh reversed all the position, all I'm sorry, Manasseh all the positive steps Hezekiah instituted for Judah's national recovery. Because of Manasseh's totally evil and oppressive reign, God declared that Judah would inevitably be be exiled. Judah would follow the northern kingdom of Israel into exile just as they had followed them into sin. By the evil of Manasseh's 55 year reign, the possibility of a meaningful recovery in Judah seemed very dim. Even in the midst of such evil, God displayed his love for his people in Ju- yet again. When Menasseh hit bottom, he cried out to God for his renewal, and God granted him victory. See 2 Chronicle 33, 
Scripture 12 through 17. No matter what the circumstances, there is always hope for recovery. Those who submit to our leadership may offer consequences for our mistakes. This truth should cause us to think twice. Twice before abandoning the recovery process. It makes us think about how lucky we are that he he accepts our he accepts the fact you know he that Jesus died for us on the cross that he's able to uh, you know because without Jesus we'd be grilled he you know he just wouldn't put up with it. And I'm very grateful today that of all the sins I've I've uh, I've I've had happen with me that you know with prayer, open mindedness, inventory, I've been able to get to the bottom of the uh, of the root of the problem, and I am the root of the problem. So I have to I have to work on my recovery, and that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm very, very grateful for that, that I've had this opportunity to recover. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So it goes on to 21, 1 through 17, and it says it may say, reversed all the positive steps Hezekiah instituted for Judah's national recovery because of Menezes' totally evil, oppressive reign. God declared that Judah would inevitably be exiled. Judah would fall the northern kingdom of Israel into exile just as they had just as they had followed them into sin. By the end of Menezes' fifty five year reign, the possibility of meaningful recovery of Judah seemed very dim, even in the midst of such evil. God displayed the God displayed his love for his people. Yet again, Menzai hit bottom. He cried out to God for, re, for removal, for renewal, not removal, for renewal. And God granted him victory 
So let's sit down and go through the C to Chronicles 12 through 33, 12 through 17. And I know I've read this before, but I'm reading it again because it, it's good for me to go over it too a couple of times. No matter what the circumstances, there is always hope for recovery. Those who submit to our leadership may suffer consequences for our mistakes. This should this should cause us to think twice before abandoning the recovery process. No doubt. No doubt. Anyways, I'm so grateful to be sober tonight. And, uh, so on we go. And, uh, I'm gonna, next time I come on here again, I'm gonna do a, another reading. And it's gonna start from, Amon rules in Judah. That's where it's going to start from. And once again, nobody else told you they love you today. I do. I say that with 